Christmas, we're listening to Cape Crisis, the Laser Time Network's comic book podcast, hosted (laughs) by me, Henry Gilbert. It's almost like I'm out of practice on this. Hi, everybody. Hey, how's it going? (laughs) Oh, fuck. I'm H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter. Hello. What are you making me do here? Well, Chris, it's been a little while since I did my San Diego Comic-Con wrap-up, the last uh, infrequent episode of this podcast, which, in case you don't know, this is uh, where we discuss the world of comic books and all that stuff, or at least we did until I ended the show because I got a new job, mm-hmm. but... I like to do these every now and then, and uh, there was a double reason to do it. Why? Uh, well, first off, I went to New York City, Manhattan itself. I'm to do that. Uh, Try to, it again. You went to... I went, to, I went to New York City. New York City! <laughs> they have great... New York City! <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> they have they have great salsa there, you know. They, uh, they, now, that's, that's my favorite BoJack Horseman joke. Yeah, yes, I know. <laughs> I love their salsa. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yes, I went to New York City for New York Comic Con. It was my first one ever. Oh, really? And so I wanted first to... first Javits? Yeah, first time in the Javits Center. And I wanted to tell the story of that and my experience there. But also... The week that I went to New York City, I was finishing watching Luke Cage. Mm. So, you know, we don't have a spoiler place to talk about this show yeah. anymore like we did well, with I all the previous seasons. It, if I'm being honest. Uh, well, we don't need to talk pure spoilers sure. on it, but uh, it will be a somewhat spoilery talk if you don't want to listen to it. But first, I wanted to talk a little bit about my New York Comic Con experience. And Chris, oh. you, you weren't there, but you've been to way more than I have been Yeah, to. I've been a couple times. And uh, so I love it. Yeah, it... I it's I the love only New York con City. I go to where it's cold. Yes, that it feels good. That's great. I so here's the pluses I have of for San Diego against it. San Diego is in my time zone, so I'm not jet lagged. And that's it because Manhattan is way better than San Diego. Yep. And especially if someone else is paying for you to stay there. Yes. How and much? Six hundred dollars a night? That's crazy. There's no we have no business here. <laughs> and and I was yeah, and I was just three blocks from the place mm-hmm. instead of a mile from the place ah, like I was there. <laughs> and also, like, events were just in the downtown. They were just, like, three blocks away from the Javits Center instead mm-hmm. of everywhere you can get something yeah. in San Diego, you know? And uh, the Javits Center, though, is it's a little smaller and it's a, a tighter space. Yeah, it's, it's a bit rinky-dink. And to show you how big it's getting... Mm-hmm. Uh, they did events at the Hammerstein Ballroom really? in the Manhattan Center, which is across the street from Madison Square Garden, which also hosted stuff. Really? The uh, the Walking Dead panel, for instance, mm-hmm. that was in Madison Square fucking Garden. Oh, my God. The, the nerds have almost won and become <laughs> the jocks. They almost have. The- and and uh, though I didn't go to anything in MSG, though I did go to the Hammerstein Ballroom, which was amazing because it, it, as a pro wrestling fan, mm-hmm. the Hammerstein Ballroom was home to a a million classic ECW and WWF Raw matches. Yeah, was that where Raw started? Uh, Raw's first episodes were in the Hammerstein, yep, at the Manhattan Center. And so getting to be there to watch the Son of Zorn panel and the uh, Archer panel were lots of fun. And <laughs> Son of Zorn remembered always. Uh, yeah, it's not canceled yet. yet. It's not. It will be, I'm sure. It just looks like one of those shows. This is expensive yeah, and not totally. an immediate hit. This is an Adult Swim show on Fox, and so it's not going to be successful. And uh, But anyway, yeah. Talk I, shit about Axe Cop. Uh, so some of my favorite stuff I did there. Uh, for one thing, I went to the Cologne Conspiracy panel, the only comic book panel I went um. to about the new 
currently going on Spider-Man mega crossover event. And at that, uh, for one thing, they talked about the new Nova book, which is bringing back Richard Ryder, which I'm so excited about. They killed him off, replaced him with Sam Alexander. But now Sam and Richard are teaming up in their own book. And so I'm really excited for that. At the panel, Dan Slott was there and... He was talking about clone conspiracy and he was a little nervous because they had printed copies of upcoming books and they said, hey, you have awesome cosplay. Come up here and read the next issue of Spider-Man. And Dan Slott was like, please, please don't. Like, he, he might reveal what happened. And he's like, no, 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 we'll swear him to secrecy here. They won't reveal it. Jesus Christ, who was, who was, who was moderating that? Uh, his editor, the Nick Lowe, mm. and he, so he's somebody you think would really care. Like, I don't want people to read this, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, they also then, tease storylines on the Today Show. So who's to say what they want out there and what that's they don't? True. And so then after the panel, Dan Slott just stays and signs whatever anybody brings up to him. It's wow. like a mini signing. And I'm there, I'm in the room for the next panel, so I'm just staying. Mm -hmm. And he just signs everybody's thing, and then he just kind of sticks around for another, like, ten minutes, just, like, packing up his stuff, and, like, if anybody else has anything to sign. And I didn't have anything to sign, because I didn't bring it with me from freaking Berkeley, but... One day you're without a Spider-Man shirt. I know, I know, I was wearing a Spider-Man shirt. (laughs) There you go. I I made sure to wear my Spider-Man shirt that day, so that was Saturday, and I also... I did go up to him, though, since I was like, I wasn't going to bother him if he was surrounded by people, mm-hmm. but he was alone, and you I was like... You want a special moment. I, I, so I came up to him and told him, like, hey, I got to tell you, I've read every issue of Amazing Spider-Man, pretty much, and you're my favorite writer. And he's like, oh, come on, go on, Shucks. go on. Told him, it is my dream that he would someday write a Fantastic Four book, and uh, he kind of just shook his head at that, and like, uh, probably not happening anytime soon, was the feeling I got. But I also got to do a lot of really cool interviews i got to interview rebecca sugar again who sweet uh did remember me for my very embarrassing really? uh yeah uh, so i i was interviewing her you know what actually give me one second and i can just play the play her saying it. Uh, I wanted to start with saying the, uh, the song Here Comes the Thought is such like that, that song was so beautiful to, to me like it it really I think has helped a lot of people with um, like anxiety and, and you know uh, troubling thoughts like that like where did that come from? Um, nice to see you again <laughs> yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, so there yeah nice to see you and she definitely remembered me from that my... was an awesome that was it an was, awesome tag. It was great. Yeah. Way nice to go, to Becca. Yes, uh, she she was awesome, of course. And and I also got to interview uh, Tom Sharpling, who mm-hmm. I played clips of him on the show before. And he mm-hmm. also he was, Steven he was, Universe. He was fr- yeah. He he was part. It was part of the press room, mm-hmm. and so he he was friendly, but also not in the best mood. And then when I. I very stupidly called into his show to thank him uh, this Again? week, and and uh, he had even less patience for me. And I said, "Yeah, I interviewed you, and I put as many links to the best show in my article as I could, and just want to say thanks." And I really wasn't calling to self promote, but then he says, "Oh, well, then tell us, uh, tell us where the article is." And I said, "Like, oh, well, I didn't. Uh, I wasn't calling to." And he said that he just screamed at me, "Like, you did everything but say where the thing is. Like, just tell us." God, 
I don't know why you subject yourself to that. He never seems yeah. like he's having any patience he's, with it. He has no patience for me. Try no. real books. And I did wear a Jughead shirt to it because the last time I called into his show, he hung up. He eventually got sick of me talking about Archie Comics. Yeah. So I, I did that. That was a lot of fun. I also got to interview Tim Meadows. And I got what? to ask. Uh, well, I it was Tim the Meadows. Son of Zorn interview. Oh, he's the best. And so, yeah, it was him and Cheryl Hines together. Both this awesome. Tallahassee's own Cheryl yes. Hines. And so. If she dies. I'm like the seventh most famous person from Tallahassee. <laughs> so I got to ask, I asked them both a lot of questions, but I ended it with a uh, trivia question for Mr. Meadows, a mix, a combination comic book and SNL trivia, uh, which was which superhero did he play in the Memorial of Superman sketch Ooh. at SNL? I'm trying to remember And he too. couldn't remember it either. He got it wrong. What was it? It was the Green Lantern, John Stewart Green Lantern, no one shit. of the only black guys he could be, ah. and he is stood next to Adam Sandler as the Flash, who gets all the lines. Yeah. Like, but uh, he could not remember, and he also um, previously that day at the Son of Zorn panel, Jason Sudeikis shamed him for calling Deadpool Spider Man. He's like, look at that person that Spider Man costume, and then Jason Sudeikis like, it's Deadpool. It's yeah. Well, with the with the movie being as successful as it is, that is that is unforgivable. You can't do that. You can't do that. <laughs> he, look, he's an old man. He's it's like, like seeing Turok and like, oh, is that male Katniss? Man, get out of here. Get out of this. You don't belong he, at Comic Con. But he was super. He was super friendly. Also, uh, I, uh, Johnny Pemberton, who's also on Son of Zorn, he was super funny. Like, mm-hmm. and and as a mega fanboy of cartoons, I mm-hmm. was so honored to get to interview Rob Paulson. I got to talk, wow. talk to him. And Kevin Michael Richardson, the mm-hmm. the uh, voice, the current voice of the Shredder on on mm-hmm. TMNT, that was great. And uh, oh man, I'm I don't just want to brag about like I did all those fun stuff, but the the last I'll talk about one more thing or two more things. I went to the Agents of Shield panel, mm-hmm. which was a lot of fun, uh, more fun than I expected. And the this season of Agents of Shield does look better than the last couple. And they did this funny bit where they. You know, you see this as a thing now where celebrities go around in costume, in a full body costume, and then reveal later, I was in the Spider Man mask the whole time. Agent Coulson, Sky, and the guy who plays Ghost Rider, they went in full costume. Ghost Rider guy as Star Lord, Sky mm. as Rocket Raccoon, and Clark Gregg in Ghost Rider costume, interviewing people like, What's your favorite Marvel show? And they say, like, Oh, you like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., huh? Mm-hmm. Well, and they take off their masks, like, Oh my God, it's you. Uh, but my- also, also, I believe I saw Sting from WWE Sting, Sting interviewing people about the Ninja Turtles, which wasn't awkward at all. Yes, that was, <laughs> that was very strange. But, uh, well, the funniest clip in that, though, was that he. When they're interviewing, they say, I go, do you watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? And then one guy said, like, well, I watched the first season, but then I kind of dropped off. Nah, <laughs> I, wa- I watched what we have commentaries available for, and, and that is it. And then Clark Gregg shamed him at the end. And he was like, oh, I'm so sorry. And Clark Gregg was like, just tell me you'll give us another chance in season four. We and only so. have 40 mediocre episodes. Yeah. The rest of it's all gold. You can just skip to season four. I, just I'm giving it a bunch of shit. I don't watch it anymore. Uh, and then I went to the Legion panel, mm. which is the upcoming X-Men spin-off yeah. TV show coming for FX and 
I have to say, it was not on my radar before. Mm. It is now. We watched. Oh, they we showed were... the first half of the pilot. I remember talking about it here. Yeah. Oh, you saw it. I saw it. Mm. Like the first half of the pilot was amazing. It's, like, it's... Something about it being on FX gives mm. me a little more faith than if it were to be on Fox. Well, what should give you more faith is that it's the executive. It's executive produced by uh, Noah Crowley, the executive producer of Fargo, the TV series, mm. and so. But it's him. If Fargo is his the, him him imitating the Coen Brothers, mm-hmm. Legion is him imitating Stanley Kubrick. And it's in in just to make it what? really clear, he the character of Legion begins the show staying in a mental institution called Clockworks. Get my, it? No, Clockwork Orange. Oh, Clockwork. my bad. That was uh, X Men. I was searching my brain for X Men references. Clockwork. Who is he? But it really starts off as just like it's it's thirty minutes before it's at the end of the the bit they showed us before they say the word mutant mm. like that. The, so just so you know, it is in the world where mutants exist. They bought it. But they won't say what world it's in mm. or what timeline it's in, though mm. it's technically related to the film, sort of. But he is, Legion is Charles Xavier's son. Like, they were very clear on that. Mm-hmm. And and the best thing about it, I'd say, is that Aubrey Plaza is in it, and she is goddamn really? hilarious in it. Yeah. yeah. Mm. She's uh, she's one of the uh, inmates at the at the Clockworks place mm. as well. And it, it's set in a vague time period, so sometimes you see somebody dressed like they're from the 60s, other times somebody looks like they're from the 80s. Uh, the Wes Anderson movie. A bit, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it was really good. Like, look mm. forward to Legion, guys, when it well, premieres next year. And, uh, yeah, that was kind of it. I also went to the... Uh, I got to see the premiere of the new Marvel's Spider-Man show cartoon. Uh, they're ending Ultimate Spider-Man. And, and what's three, this one called? Marvel's Spider-Man. Wow. Yep. Is it, it's the ultimate Spider-Man cartoon. It feels like it's been around for, like, a decade. Yeah, they said it went way longer than they expected it mm-hmm. to. But they got to end it to restart and. And uh, in the clip they showed, it begins with Spider-Man from the beginning, mm-hmm. and then he fights the Vulture. Just so you you can be sure, yes, this does exist because they're making Homecoming, and so mm. and Dan Slott is a story consultant on the show. So I, I'm into it though. A it's bit still of it's still that same kind of like bland animation. Like mm-hmm. they showed, I watched a whole episode of Avengers Assemble at that thing, mm-hmm. and it's just like that, like. The writing's good, and mm-hmm. they get the characters, but the animation is just so like meh. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And that's that's the type of characters you'd really you should pull out all the stops there. Pay the writers less. Yeah, um, but it's just <laughs> get better artists. It's just like a vague, easy, not easy. No, I know what you're I, talking. Yeah, about. The just, Marvel animation style is something I'm very familiar with yeah. and a little bored by. It's a bit empty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, I think that's it. And the only uh, stuff I bought were T-shirts. I bought uh, a few new T-shirts, and actually on Sunday, I was super. Well, I didn't pack a jacket because I'm dumb, and it started raining, and so I thought, well, I could either buy a comic book jacket at the con or Ew. or search out a place like go walk off the beaten path and waste time yeah, searching for no. a place to buy a t-shirt no so. not 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 near javits so i bought a spider-man jacket really spider-man hoodie which was waterproof and is actually really good for that <laughs> but i will never wear it outside of a con like it's a con jacket is it and, very red very yeah, blue it's it is the spider-man costume yeah. as a hoodie and the mask is the oh, no, i want that spider one thing from we love fine still yeah. trying to get that Oh yeah, like that a was triple great. XL and women's. Uh, yeah, that's to see the stupid sexism towards men. We can't get the cool girls. I don't ever get anything. Nothing for us. Nothing for white men. Um, yeah. Oh, and I got to. Oh fuck. What? 
I'm saying I was at the end. I got to interview Adam West. Really? Adam West. It was so... Henry Gilbert. It was, yes. He actually did. He asked my name before. I'm like, and your name is what? And so he, he kept saying things like, well, Henry, you know, it was... I was like, wow. Sounds... That's just old school. That's old school. Uh, Pure uh, West. <laughs> that's old school celebrity of yeah. just like, yeah. what's your name? I'm going to call you by your name your whole time. It's what I learned in 1957 a, from Orson Welles. I, not that I didn't think all that other stuff was great, but uh, not to be morbid, but Adam West. How? is he? Yes. They, they had that new movie out. I hear it's great. Yeah. Uh, Batman 66. It was about that. It's called Batman Return of the Cape Return Crusaders. Return of the Cape Crusader. And somehow, it's is it... Is it a bit of irony that only the heroes are left alive? All the villains well, are dead? Well, Julie Newmar's in it, too. She's but the, the we've lost one. other... Everyone else is dead. So we've lost every version of every <laughs> every villain in that show, but only Robin and Batman. And yes, a Catwoman are left. Yeah. Well, it, it is shocking. Adam West is still around and still, like, mostly there. Like, he was in... It, it was just amazing to just talk to him. I told him what a dream it was, and also that Those like how fools. it was. It was so hard not to ask him about look well, and just I should have. Once the camera was off, I should have told him like, "I love you for Batman, but also look well is the funniest thing of all time." I love your Turkey Day spots. <laughs> love you, and and I got to interview the um, the man who played Constantine on the Constantine show because mm. he's doing the voice in Justice League oh, okay. Dark. So. There, there was a lot of a lot of famous people. Is it Justice League Dark cartoon. I'm really yeah, out of loop, not the doing the show. Justice League Dark, uh, direct to video thing. Okay, I, I did. I really liked Justice League Dark yeah, for a bit. It was great. Yeah, that was uh, that was kind of. Oh, and I got to interview the president of uh, DC, Dan DiDio. That was really mm-hmm. fun too. And I got to see Frank Miller from afar and be. I was like in the holdout line of like, hey, you might get to interview Frank Miller. I didn't, but um, yeah. but. He is not in good shape. Like when everybody saw him, we were like, "Whoa!" Is like, he he's, mobile? No. He's walking around. Mm-hmm. Not, not, not the best at walking. I just now, didn't think he like, was that old. He he clearly has some disease. He's mm. not telling people about, or he doesn't want to tell people about. It. And he his prerogative. He, yeah, it is his private life. And I feel I feel kind of bad even saying like hey, I think <laughs> I he's feel bad accidentally like, knowing. Yeah, but but when you see him, you're like, boy, you're not. So just you know. It's why I cut Frank Miller some slack now. I made fun of him a lot or, like, kind of bashed him on old episodes. But I'm like, eh, I'm going to miss him when he's gone. And uh, he's going through some stuff. He made undeniably important contributions to the medium of comics. Oh, and the Archer panel was great, too. I went to the Archer panel where... uh, John, H. John Benjamin was on on fire. He was so really? great. Everybody was great. Chris yeah. Parnell, everybody. Okay, but yeah, so that was that was the Comic Con. Yeah, I bought T shirts and a Thanos magnet. That was my big huh. one, like. I that, that we did a hangout and you walked in uh, just this day with yeah. Darren Castro and he was showing us video. CM Punk surprised everybody at the con to host <sighs> an Infinity wish, Gauntlet panel. I wish I was at that because it sounds like such just it sounds like a panel I'd want to go to anyway. Mm-hmm. A retrospective of the original Finley Gauntlet mm-hmm. stories with the writer and creator of Thanos, Jim Starlin, mm-hmm. and and it didn't say who the moderator was. And then because if they said it was CM Punk, they would need the biggest. The room wrong people like, would be there. Man. Well, yeah. See, I could totally see I said that mockingly, but that is what would happen. Yeah. Well, and I could totally see CM Punk saying, "Don't announce me ahead of time because mm-hmm. then everybody's just going to show up for me, not for Jim Starlin, who's mm-hmm. the star of the thing. Yeah. And I'm not trying to steal this from him." But he also loves the Infinity Gauntlet, mm-hmm. and so, and this was one of his first CM Punk's first appearances since, uh, since that. And oh, oh, 
Thor CM Punk. De- yes. Writer- since his defeat, it was his first appearance. Oh, since he got beat up. Yeah. On purpose. And I also got to interview, uh, shockingly, the, the Green Ranger, Jason David Frank. I got to interview him. I feel like I've stood next to him a billion times, but I've never spoken to him. Here he's nice. Yeah, he was really nice. Mm. And he uh, and he was I he was very he was very nice when I asked him, like, hey, you've challenged CM Punk before. Would you still want to fight him? Like, I, uh, That was his interview. Oh, yeah, so he, uh, and, and that they were in the same place. And at the same time, he could have challenged him to his face. Yeah, I wouldn't do that. No. no. But, uh, but yeah, I wish I had been at that. But Darren Darren took some pictures of it. He it was, I was so jealous of Darren, mm-hmm. our, our friend Darren there. I got to also see Tony mm-hmm. was there. And a Laser bunch of Tony. other Laser Time fans. Like, actually, nice. there were a couple moments where... My coworkers were like actually impressed with me as a mm-hmm. as a celebrity because just unprompted people just came up to me and were just like, "Hey Henry, I love the podcast. So awesome you're here." Because there were people like, "You're never on the East Coast." Yep. Like I I haven't been to an East Coast function in five years. You know, That's, so. I not to bash any other con, but the East Coast gets so it gets fewer of those big cons so when they happen everybody the vibe is totally different yeah everybody's really happy to be there like I just go to San Diego sometimes and like what do you call those people who just troll for free shit give me free stuff yeah. give me free, free stuff, stuff. Like, that doesn't exist in New York Comic Con not like, really no no I mean the worst was like Mick Foley was there charging $50 for a photo with him but, uh, <laughs> well I that's hey, apparently that guy's gotta make money man I I, I worked the last few cons so i didn't even see that but that is a new business and a ton of people you love do it yeah yeah and uh 20 dollars yeah, for did, a picture with ega i did get to <laughs> i did get to play the resident evil demo and visit our friend tim turry who was at the capcom booth tim, and, tim and, and also half of half of the meals i had in mm-hmm. new york were me eating my favorite japanese chains mm-hmm. because I love go-go curry, and when they're only American outlets is in Manhattan. Don't talk about food. This is my ninth hour on mic. Oh, sorry. I'm starving. And I love Ipido Ramen, and that was there, too. It was so great. But let's me and you now have kind of a spoilery chat about Luke Cage, the Netflix series, which, by the way, Darren, Mm -hmm. he won, you know those things where it's like scan your badge and you might win something? He won front row seats for the Defenders panel for the reveal. Well, it was the Iron Fist panel. Didn't he also win, like, a fucking PS4 from Taco Bell. What yeah, the hell, man? So he was front row for the reveal of wow. the all the defenders out on stage, and then oh, and the villain Sigourney Weaver. Boom, Sigourney Weaver. That was like, that is. Oh, I love Sigourney yeah. Weaver so much. And what did you think uh, of the Power Rangers trailer? By the way, did you watch that? I I watched a lot of Power Rangers. It was it might have been my last childhood type show like kind of my last everyday kind of thing because i'm like i'm not watching this less for the action and more amy joe johnson's butt as i grow up <laughs> um so i watched a ton of it but i don't i don't have a lot of, i don't have the same affection for it a lot of other people do mm-hmm. so i don't know if the new trailer rubbed them the wrong way it seems clear that like that was just like kind of a condensed first act because like not even all the characters were there i really yeah. like that's way cooler than i expected yeah that yeah. was way more respectful than i thought this horse material would be dealt with yeah, it was it was an odd level of respect for yeah. it. Oh, and the other cool thing at the the Legion panel, not to keep backtracking here, but at the Legion panel, Jeff Loeb was there, who was huh? the e, it's yeah. e, EP. I, EP of all the Marvel shows. Mm-hmm. So when somebody asked him the question of like, "Hey, why don't X Men ever meet up with Marvel characters anymore?" Mm-hmm. Like he was said, "Well, I won't make any promises because if I say anything specific, the next time I'm at one of these panels, I'll get asked about that." Mm-hmm. But he did say, "I'm here." And by being at this thing, clearly bridges are being built. Like, and so mm. 
I would think there might be more, at least X-Men, Marvel. I don't know. Maybe they can uh, build that bridge all the way over from Marvel movies to Netflix shows. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That'd be nice. Just get Fantastic Four back. Please give me back Fantastic Four. I miss them so much. That did remind me because I got, I was once again starving. Mm-hmm. No food in the house, and I had to go to Denny's. I'm like, I haven't been here since the fanta- the Slamtastic Four menu oh my God. on our YouTube channel, people. Uh, but walking around New York also did give me the sense, like, I hadn't been to Manhattan in five years. That was the second time I'd ever been there. And walking around it, I just thought, like, I'm in a Netflix show now. I'm in a Marvel ah. Netflix show, like, because they film everything there. And it really looks like yep. it, though. I, I didn't go to Harlem. I did not go across 110th Street as the song. I, I <laughs> trying to find. Uh, I did. I wanted. To, I wanted to check and see. I want to check rent prices in Harlem. Uh-huh. I, just, I just that they can't be. They, they can't view Harlem as like a ghetto anymore. That's impossible. I know. I've been. To, I've been to Hell's Kitchen a bunch, and I. I always. Say I love the Daredevil show, but it's yeah, like it's his Hell's Kitchen, and it's yeah, not bad. that is not the neighborhood anymore. It does yeah. not need a hero, and there is no crime <laughs> lord. There's there's a Larry Flint Hustler Club. That's that's like the worst thing it's got yeah, going. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what Harlem is like these days mm-hmm. either. But the the I, my buddies have lived there for a while. Sure. Like I, it, it just it was just weird as a setting for this like you know for lack of a better word black show. I'm like no, it, like, I mean I, I just wanted to know is it still a black neighborhood? And if it's if it has like fucking seven thousand dollar a month rent prices for one bedrooms but i but i don't think it's a negative i don't think it's a negative thing to call it a black show or an african-american show because it really did like what i like the most about it yeah they they hired uh an african-american mm-hmm. executive producer who's yep. also a big comic book nerd mm-hmm. uh, uh croaker mm-hmm. ch- to to be in charge of it and like the majority of the cast is black mm-hmm. And it's of m- it, many of the writers, and it is very much about black identity yep. you know, and and being a black man, and and it's not it's not a coincidence that they put him in a hoodie, mm-hmm. and also that like his skin is his most powerful thing. They yeah. talk about his skin all the time. I mean, but that is that credit's probably due to like the creators of the original character. To it, which there are like yeah, five. John Romita Junior is mm-hmm. in there. Or, sorry, John Romita Senior is in there. The same way he's in there for Wolverine stuff because he helped with the original character design because he was mm-hmm. like the executive art director or whatever back Ooh. in the 70s. That's also why he's partially credited on Punisher, mm. which, by the way, they announced the Punisher filming is underway. Yeah. And the Karen Page is going to be a regular on it. So, because uh, she. Oh, oh, sorry. The, the character. I thought you Karen meant an Page. actress. No, yeah, no, sorry. The, well, the actress from Daredevil, yes. but. But the character I mean, from Daredevil. Her and her and She's Punisher had such great chemistry in Daredevil season two. That's right. I forget because just like much like Daredevil season two, Luke Cage feels like two seasons. Yeah, stuck and together. like one season that's really great, and then another season that's like not great. And that, where, where I am now, and, and John John Waugh has a review on LaserTimePodcast.com, and I was just reading a little bit of it, and it, I was I was in the middle of these this lull. Which I think Daredevil had a tiny bit of one too, but like not one that extended two and a half to three episodes. On bonus time, I said, we've said for years the character, the superhero becoming powerless mm. is kind of cliche, especially to do right, like right after you introduce them. Like Spider Man <laughs> going limp dick after one movie. Yeah. Not like, not that, that story's been done so many times, I don't know what you can bring to it. So he, he doesn't lose his powers, but he does. He gets introduced to his kryptonite. And it takes three episodes. Sorry, before that. dealing with a gunshot wound for three episodes. Before that, like, there was some comments in our Laser Time community of, like, man, some of the dialogue in here is, it is bad, right? And, like, 
in the beginning, yeah, and it sucks because it's usually by Frankie Faison, uh, who I love, mm. who's in a bunch of great shit. Uh, Coconut Sid, do yeah. the right thing. Fucking love, fucking love that movie. Uh, he's a he's a cast member on The Wire. Kima from The Wire is also on the show. I love The Wire. It's yeah. nice seeing those characters pop up. Yeah, but there's also like there's a weird reset in Episode Seven where yeah. they're just like, like oh, we kind of reached the end of this storyline, so this character's leaving. This character's leaving. Yep. And I gotta say, I was really sad to see Cottonmouth go. Yep. Like, that actor is just so damn yeah, good. I, I, I even looked up his name right before. I just can't pronounce it. Um, uh-huh. But he, I was like, did he die on House of Cards, too? Or just, and they just how did he end up in yeah. another Netflix show? You can't be a new two Netflix and, shows. And Diamondback, Diamondback isn't bad, but he's not better than Cottonmouth. The, the amount of time, those episodes where they spend introducing him mm-hmm. while filming the stupidest sequence I've seen in any Marvel TV show, <laughs> which is the doctor scenes in the... So... Though, that is... Yeah. That is awful. They take forever just to like because they have to do a thing that like we can only do this once, yeah. like, and it just takes forever. But then, yeah, and it's really a bummer when like the cops have the super guns too, yeah. and it's just it, it gets close to social commentary. Mm-hmm. But then they also have like I'm going to quote a black writer about mm-hmm. this, so just so I'm not just some honky saying this mm-hmm. stuff. But uh, the review in the Ringer for this. Mm-hmm. Brought up that Luke is kind of a conservative guy, like, or he's not conservative, but kind of old fashioned. That he's, he's like, old. he's giving a speech to a kid about why not to say the n word, mm-hmm. and listens he's to like, clean Wu Tang music. Oh, that, that too. But hey, it, it was canonical with the opening of the show. He doesn't yeah, curse. He doesn't curse. And, but but also, and I made a, he shops for his music at Walmart. And so also, what? he's just like giving history lessons to people. Like, do you know what this place is? Do you know yeah. what this is? Like. It's just he's kind of a fuddy-duddy at times. Mm. I thought the show improved the second Rosario Dawson came in. He had somebody... Because he didn't have anybody to play off yeah. of, really. And this is other the than the mo- villains. Yeah, it was like she was a special delivery. Yeah. And this and this was and just the to biggest... be like, I'm not going to fuck you. Yeah. Okay. And this was the biggest part she'd had in any yeah. of the Netflix shows. Like, yeah. She's in it a lot. But I think this is the other neg- another negative, I'd say, for Luke Cage. Mm. It isn't so much Luke Cage's fault of just like, I've now seen enough Netflix Marvel shows that I now know the pattern. Yes. And I know the pattern, and so... Big thing in the middle like, of the season. Big thing in the middle of the season. Shocking deaths. Mm-hmm. Hallway scenes. <laughs> they save up all their money for one big fight. Yeah. And also, so many back alley surgeries of like, ooh, let's look at that gunshot wound. Like... I'm sick of looking at gunshot wounds and stuff. It's unfortunate for Rosario Dawson's character because that's what Claire is about. She's about treating gunshot wounds yeah. everywhere. And even with the fucking bulletproof guy, we still have to watch a bunch of gunshot wound shit. Yeah. And I just know in Iron Fist it's going to be that again. Yeah, yeah. I, I got to say I'm looking a little less forward to Iron Fist. <coughs> I thought there was a, a bit of a rocky start to Luke Cage. And then right about the second episode, like, this is great. This is... Yeah. This is exactly what I wanted. This mm. this sounds, smells, and tastes like a different kind of superhero and a different kind of film. And mm. in terms of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, if this is a part of it, I believe it is because yeah. they refer to the incident over and over again. Yeah. Uh, it's it's the he's the first TV character to have like his public identity. Yeah, you know, and, and I, just, I love him as the characters like I'm Harlem's protector. I'm yeah. Luke Cage. I'm walking around. Ask me for help. And I love to think that like that's that's the only statement they had the balls to make is like, yeah, there's this there's this uh, superhero. Hanging out in Harlem. Uh, he's black. Oh, then we don't care. Yeah. He's not on the news. Yeah, why should he's, we film him? Yeah, why, yeah, no, Iron Man. Like, no, no, this guy can do... Like, try and kill him. Watch yeah. what happens. Like, it's not going to work. It, it doesn't work. Yeah. But the whole world doesn't seem to care about Luke Cage. 
Yeah. Oh, I did like Shades a lot. I actually, mm-hmm. I thought Shades did a good job. Uh, and he 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 gets into a realm of like, oh man, you yeah. should do it. You should do another take on that. Maybe so. That did I, not sound as cool as I think you wished it did. I'd also seen Mum's the word in yes. there, like poet. I'm from so Oz. glad you. Yes, so great you, from him. Oz, man. I have not seen him in forever. Or and uh, yeah, that was a great appearance. And also the. The Simone Missick as as Misty Knight, she is so great. I love her, uh, and but I really love Alfre Woodard as mm-hmm. Alfre Woodard as as Mar- That's, Mariah. She's so, I, so good. I'm in the ninth episode, mm-hmm. and she looks like she's she's on the ascent. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm really excited about. Yeah. And, and and Luke will hopefully come back and do some cool stuff. But I got to be honest, like I think John Waugh said in his review, uh, you're a Netflix show. Like you don't have a minimum episode order. Yeah, there is know. no reason to spin your wheels. You don't have to waste my time so much yes. of this stuff. It doesn't need to be 13 episodes. Yeah. And that's also like in episode 7, mm-hmm. she gets a new part. Like, they replace yeah. the partner. They get rid of uh, career opportunities. Scarf? What was and that? The, scarf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then for almost no reason, they're just like, oh, you have a new boss lady now. Yes. Uh, I've got to go. I, I've been taking off this, and so she's your boss now. Goodbye. And <laughs> and it, is, it is a bar, a bizarre tone change. It ha- also happened in Daredevil. It's the first the yeah. first part of the season is all about Punisher, and then makes a heavy change to the hand. Yeah. When Elektra shows up, Elektra's like, now it's my show. But, uh, but everything else about it, like, I love... I, I forgot that like I did have a brief period where I grew up like a, a year or two I was obsessed with black exploitation films mm-hmm. and just it sucks because I'm like what does this show feel like and it sucks that I have to say a Quentin Tarantino film <laughs> because I'm positive of that but he's also doing an impression of these films I used to watch your Superflies and your Action Jackson we love Shaft and it, mm-hmm. like it, it, sorry I, I don't know those films that well it all ended up in Dolomite and then just that went into pure ironic Schadenfreude yeah, but as the, the story of, like, I'm a simple man who just wants to but fix this, things. The, the like, city, I'm one the, man. The city, the baseline, the access. Yeah. Like, it, 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 it feels like a Spike Lee thing, for lack of a better comparison. Certain episodes of Louie yeah, feel, well, feel jazzy no, and sp- Louis do the right and, thingy. Yeah, well, Louie and Spike Lee films are mainly filmed in yeah. New York. And yeah. they also speak specifically about, I am going to this mm-hmm. place. If you don't live here and haven't been here, you wouldn't know the name of this place that closed down where Alfred Woodard said... I remember that place. It's not around anymore. I miss it. Like, I don't know what they're talking about. I've never been there. But it's it's those moments that make you feel really in touch. Though, I was really sad to see Pops go. Like, I hated... I didn't want Pops to die so soon to be Uncle Ben, for lack of a better word. He was so grating to me. Really? And, oh, yeah. Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. Just, just like... The, it felt like a... so great. Oh, I love... I, again, Frankie Faison. I, remember, I know his name. Uh, it just felt like a 20-year-old product at that yeah, point whenever whenever so. he spoke in these in, i don't know and then somewhat. once he gave his whole speech like he's yeah. like let me tell you all about my life and mm-hmm. that's how i know this person that person anyway now that i've <laughs> said everything about me that you need to know i'm gonna oh. go over here and die well, once yeah once once all that's out of the way you got luke cage's motivation and you got some really bad bad guys yeah and, i don't know i thought i thought all that was really really fun and i just didn't I didn't I've been really busy please like I, I had to watch I tend to watch the show in two ep- two to three episode spurts at one in the morning uh, that <laughs> and I just ha- I'm too tired and have too much to do and and the lull didn't make me want to jump in yeah I'd further. say when it's when the show's at its best it's a great great mm-hmm. show when and then when it's spinning its wheels you're just like this could have been eight oh episodes. and then I'm, like, I'm conflicted you can't do the daredevil season one hallway sequence again 
I know that. I'm, well, they showed clips of Iron Fist mm-hmm. at Comic Con, and they're like, "This is the hallway scene." Like, so he he has a hallway fight too, and that ends at an elevator. But Luke's first fight, while accurate to what he can do, uh-huh. is just like whereas Daredevil, it looks like he's trying his ass off. But mm-hmm. Luke Cage is just he walk he walks walks in a door and just kind of flicks people, yeah. and like blocks something effortlessly. And those are his powers. Superman mm-hmm. does that too. But it just like this doesn't compare at all to the sequence shot, the one sequence take or the one shot yeah. take of Daredevil. Not until he you know punches and rips a pipe out of the wall, but then barely uses it. Yeah, well, and because he would kill those guys. Like he has to go. This kind is of true. Easy on this that. is true, but it doesn't mean it doesn't make this the scene any more satisfying, especially with like the first real explosion of his powers for for offensive purposes. Yeah, and yeah. then later on, it, it's done way better. But I thought the that first sequence, maybe it was the fucking clean Wu Tang Clan that had. Well, yeah, well, his powers are also more expensive than Daredevil, mm-hmm. but it did. I mean, that's what kind of wore me out in Daredevil season two, where it felt like they had the quota of like ninja fight time. We promise one ninja fight per episode, nah. and and especially like uh, the other problem in Daredevil was that when he's in these constant ninja fights. Mm-hmm. And like beaten to shit every time, and you're like, <laughs> okay, you can't keep giving excuses. Like you can't keep showing up to, even with even with him having that line in season one of like, oh, I learned meditation that helps me heal quicker. Like mm. even with that, he's still beaten to fuck all the time. Yeah, like, that, I could almost trade that because I really love Luke Cage bending guns. Yeah, I love bending great. guns. Doesn't but, happen enough in the Marvel universe. But I just need like no more, please. I'm begging you Marvel filmmakers or TV makers mm-hmm. no more bullet wound scenes just don't do that <laughs> I you overdo it too much and also though somebody floated a theory of it, this fan theory that what'll bring the defenders together will be Claire Trimpey's death and then mm. she'll be replay it'll be it'll be Clark Gregg all over again I didn't think she I never expected her to be the connective tissue between all these shows yeah well also Turk Turk's in all been in every uh, show too okay so yeah but first appeared in Daredevil he's in Jessica Jones he's in Daredevil season two no. and then he's he's the guy he's the guy who's playing he's he's playing chess and he's the one who tips off that pops is where the kid is at to uh you don't remember no Turk he's well, Turk is meant to be forgettable, but he's in. He's also from the comics too. Like okay. he's he's just this you know low level hood who just deals with every gang, but he doesn't really get in anything too deep. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was when Kingpin was in jail, he dealt with Turk. Like he's like, you know, Turk, you're like the only guy I can trust here. So even though you're kind of stupid, I'll just give you this. But yeah, Marvel TV has given us uh, what. 48 hours of content over the last two years. It's difficult to keep up and remember, especially when you watch it in a few, a In one cities. weekend. But I still, time. you know, it's still Daredevil season one, number one, Jessica Jones, and I'm putting Luke Cage in at number three because there's some really strong shit in there, but there's also yeah. a lot of fucking wheel spinning. And then Daredevil season two is below that. Um, I really like the Punisher stuff. Didn't care so much for the, the, the hand. Punisher but I don't care is... for the hand stuff in the comics. And yeah. I, I never did. The Punisher stuff was so damn good. Yeah. Like that, I'd say the first four episodes of Daredevil season two is the the some of the best stuff mm-hmm. they've ever done. I, 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 sw- I didn't even know Elektra was connected with the hand for a long time because I'd seen her utilized in different ways in Daredevil. Yeah, I, I don't know. She doesn't have to come hand in hand with uh, it. But it did. Luke Cage did send me back into a playlist of what I call 
black brass. <laughs> so I've been I've been rocking like fucking Curtis Mayfield all week. Wow. It's been great. Other compliment I'll give to Luke Cage is that this was the one that really felt, and I mean really mm. felt like you've built a universe. Yeah. Like Trish will come on the radio and it's just a voiceover yeah. appearance, but Trish is there. Turk is appearing. Claire goes around. Yeah. Later, a DA, uh, a character from Daredevil season two will show up and say, hey, if the Punisher got their hands on this thing, if Frank Castle got his hands on yeah. this type of weapon, we'd be in a lot of trouble. Like, there's tons of references that show you the interconnected web they've built already. Yeah. And and it not to spoil it for you, Chris, but they do kind of a clever... Un, uh, a clever low-level handoff to Iron Fist at the mm. end of it too, and that's what I'm dying to see. Like, so honestly, hired? there doesn't need to be a Luke Cage season two mm. or an Iron Fist season two. It just should be the two of them together. I yeah. almost want to see. And like, I did like the references to Heroes for Hire. Where he says like, yeah. "I'm not for hire." Like, uh, I, a little on the nose. You don't need okay. to worry. It did, well, it had, a couple, a, it had a couple like very X Men One stuff. moments of like referring yeah. to what do you expect me to wear tiara? Yeah, or him Too wearing stupid. the tiara and he finds his yellow shirt and blue pants and he's like I, I don't know sweet why I just Christmas I love the sweet Christmas stuff but I just but just the like this looks stupid and like everybody got it already yeah everybody you got didn't, it we already we saw you wearing it you don't need to tell us we know that. it's stupid like, yeah. yeah but still him like it was a cool the joke was made like 10 minutes ago yeah Jesus but they checked it off the box like okay we referenced his costume from the first issue there we go but yeah right. I, I give it a thumbs up Okay, we gotta wrap this up though. Thank you, Chris, for all your for your time to do this nah, special dude. with me. Thanks for doing Talking Simpsons every uh, Wednesday. Yeah, <laughs> so well, let's uh, let's get the plugs out of the way. I do Talking Simpsons every Wednesday on the Laser Time. Laser podcast. Time, baby. We're gonna have a horror, a fun horror th- themed thing, and you don't necessarily have to like horror to yeah. uh, get into it. And uh, also, you should support the Patreon, yes. patreon.com slash lazy how I live and eat, and I haven't all day, and it's <laughs> 10 o'clock at night. Jesus. Uh, yes. And also, uh, you should listen to this month's VG Empire. Ah. I am on all of SM Tober, Rocktober. The Rocktober. Mm. All Shin Megami Tensei songs all month long. I'm on it with Brett sharing my Mega Ten knowledge. And of course, you can find all my current writing and videos of me and all my interview videos from New York Comic Con on fandom.com. Powered, Powered by Wikia. Wikia, yes. I'm the senior games editor there. That's what I do. Thanks again for listening to this uh, special episode of Cape Crisis. Might be back with a year and wrap up. Might be back sooner. Who knows? But as always, thanks for listening. And until next time, Excelsior! Excelsior!